Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, listeners don't know this, but you and I just spent quite a bit of time wringing our hands over what we would talk about on this podcast. Yeah, it's been a bit of a slow news week. A slow news week, yet as hosts of the Tipping Pitches podcast, we care about our listeners. Mm -hmm. We're not just going to come on here and talk about BS for an hour and a half. God forbid. We're going <laughs> we to <laughs> talk about important things, and that's why it was so difficult for us to come up with subjects to talk about. Because we care so deeply about putting great content out into the world. But because it took us so long, I have to pose the question to you to start this show out. Are we cooked? Are we done? The miners got unionized. Are we finished? Kaput. Can people unsubscribe now? <laughs> I mean, it is a little telling that... I mean, the miners unionized this week. That did happen. It kind of officially... right. Car check agreement. Right. Done. Yeah, they're they're unionized. And we've obviously spent a few weeks kind of breaking down all of that to the point where now that the the bow is kind of tied on it, but what is there to say at this point? Well, no, that's what I'm asking you, dude. Yeah. Are we cooked? Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think we I think we're a little Adam Wainwright, you know, we still got a little juice left in the tank. Okay, so we're going to go get Tommy John surgery, uh -huh. and we're going to come gonna back. Take some time off. And we're going to be throwing harder than before we had Tommy John? Right, exactly. So what's the next mission, dude? If, we, if our shirts have the power to predict the future, <laughs> then what's the next mission? Are, are we nationalizing baseball? I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that in just a second. Maybe we will. We have a bunch of listener questions to answer at the end of this podcast. We're going to do some housekeeping at the beginning. I want to ask you a question about the playoffs, Alex. And maybe we'll even talk a little bit about the MVP. But before we do all of that, I am Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. And you are listening to the Washed Up Tipping Pitches Podcast. Thank you to our new patrons this week. Those folks this week are James and Aaron. Alex, let's start with a little housekeeping. We have a live event on Tuesday, September 20th. Uh, this podcast is coming out on Monday, September 19th. So if you're listening to it, that might uh, might still be in your future. And if you're a patron, you'll be able to attend this live event. Who knows? Maybe we'll just tweet this link out and say, fuck it. Anybody come join. Come watch the game with us. It will be for Blue Jays versus Philly, 6.45 p.m. Eastern. And it will be occurring on Playback, which is a place that we have hosted one live watch along. You can create a playback account for free, hop in, watch the game along with us, turn the broadcast levels up, turn them down, listen to us talk, come on the stage, ask us questions. It's a lot of fun. You'll, you'll understand it a lot better once you, once you join that. So if you're a patron, watch out for messages through Patreon, uh, or we'll obviously be posting about it in the Slack as well. Uh, I'm really excited for that one. Hopefully the Phillies can stop being a joke of a franchise and help the Mets out. <laughs> Although I guess beating the Blue Jays no longer helps the Mets, so yeah, I guess not really. Um, but it'll be a fun, 
game between two teams who can't really decide whether or not they actually want to make it to the playoffs or not. I think the Phillies will be in. This is the best Phillies team in over yes. a decade. Yeah, no, they're they're good. Good for them. Congratulations to all of our friends from Philadelphia. Uh, the other piece of housekeeping, we, you alluded to it already. We're making new shirts. We are making new shirts. Those shirts are going to say nationalized baseball. <laughs> because we might as well, if we pulled up and hit our half-court shot on unionized the minors, we might as well step a little further back. Mm-hmm. You know? We're, I mean, we're, we're batting a thousand on shirts right now. In terms of like action items <laughs> right. that have made it onto <laughs> yes. our shirts? Yeah, we have other like, to-do shirts lists. too. <laughs> I don't think that we've gotten any um, elephants to sit on top of any of the owners yet. No, not yet. Although, I, I don't know, owners have weird kinks. So like... <laughs> well, we actually, we are batting a thousand too because they, they instituted the pickoff limit. So steel bases are back. Steel bases, yeah. not wages. Here we go. At the same time as the miners are unionizing. So... We are going to be creating new shirts that say nationalized baseball. They will be in the same style as the unionized the minor shirts, meaning that they will be inspired by the color schemes of perhaps some professional baseball teams out there in the world. Only this time, as part of a perk of being a patron, you will get to vote on those designs. So we will put up a poll on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash tipping pitches. And we will allow people to vote on the three designs. Are we doing three new ones? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I guess it kind of depends on what people vote for. <laughs> it's just all, all the votes come for two. <laughs> um, so that's very exciting stuff. Uh, if you are interested in the evolution of the Tipping Pitches merch, I will say it's not just nationalized baseball stuff coming. Some more stuff coming down the pipe. Oh, oh my gosh, Bobby. How about that for a tease? Oh, How about that for a tease? Here's my question for you about the Major League Baseball playoffs, Alex. Yes, they're coming. Are we when, talking real baseball right we're now? We're talking real baseball. When do you start getting excited for the playoffs? Because I found in struggling to come up with topics for this here episode, I thought to myself, shouldn't this be the most exciting time to be talking about baseball? So when do you start getting excited for the playoffs? I start getting really excited, I think, probably the last two weeks of September, because that's when a lot of the playoff races are really coalescing and things are coming down to the wire. Um, if, if you're, I mean, it's situational too, right? If your team is in it, that probably makes a difference as well. I know that like, for example, for a team like the New York Metropolitans, this in theory should be an extremely exciting time to be watching them make their playoff push. Although I know that, um, it's been a bit of a struggle lately. It's been fine. They're fine. Yeah. Ship is Uh righted. Yep. Yeah. Four game series against the pirates cures what ails you. (laughs) So it's usually around the end of the month. And and it's also because you have divisional games that are that are back, right? That's usually how the season sort of ends is playing teams that might also have something at stake or have the ability to like stand in your way. But what about you? I'm curious kind of how you approach things. I say that as an A's fan who's like whose team has been out of it since the offseason, you know? <laughs> um yeah, I mean I think I'm ready now. That's why I asked you. I'm ready for the playoffs to start. The The regular season is dragging a little bit. People often talk about August as being the dog days of summer as well as the dog days of the baseball season. I, I kind of feel like September is the like least memorable month of the baseball season. And maybe that's just because oftentimes that's the month that the Mets are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs as right. opposed to just um, eliminated in spirit, which is usually midway through July and August. That's mm-hmm. usually when my, my spirit gets broken. <laughs> but 
and this is not just because the Mets are hanging on by a thread to the division lead that I want the, the regular season to be over, but I'm I'm ready, man. I'm ready for the playoffs to start. The weather has started to cool down here on the East Coast, here in the greater New York City area. And I feel like I'm itching. I have that that postseason itch back in a way that this is probably all colored by the fact that the Mets are very good, but in a way that I don't I didn't think I had last year. I'm really excited for this year's playoffs. There's there's some new there's some new skin in the game. It's not just all the same teams, although, you know, we already made mention of the Phillies. Um, although a lot of the same teams are still in it, you know, like the Astros are going to cross 100 wins. The Dodgers have already crossed 100 wins. Uh, the Yankees are back in it again. I have the thing that I haven't given much thought <laughs> to is the way that the new playoff format is going to play out and how that will make the viewing experience play out. But we we have plenty of time for that as a as part of our like playoff season preview, which I, I think we're hoping to do in full. I, th- I think we're hoping to talk about the real baseball and not just because the Mets are making it. Yeah, I I kind of agree with your point about September being the month that drags for me a little bit. August is kind of fun because the trade deadline has just passed and there's a bit of a honeymoon period with these like players on new teams that you can get really excited about, right? Maybe your team just traded for Juan Soto and you think you've got the division locked up or at least you're going to you're going to slide right into the playoffs. Yeah, no. Things things might be different a month <laughs> later. Uh are the Padres going to make the playoffs? I, no. <laughs> no, I don't think they are. It's going to be quite a discourse cycle. Oh my god. If and when they don't. Yep. I don't know if we're fully prepared for that. No. I'm not <sighs> And like Soto's been bad. Like bad, bad or bad by his standards? Bad by his standards, right? He still has a 375 OBP. It's pretty damn good. So it's pretty, pretty fucking good. But he's slugging 319, which is yeah, not, 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 ideal. Not, what you, uh, not what you would like. Well, let me ask you this. Aside from the Mets, do you have a team that you are starting to develop an affinity for as we head into October? Like a playoff team, maybe in the American League, because I don't. I don't want you to have to sit across from me and tell me that you're growing, that you're developing a crush on a National League baseball team that might have to face the Mets before the World Series. <laughs> that would be tough, yeah. I mean, I would love to see the Mariners make a push. Mm-hmm. They're obviously a division rival, so to speak, to the A's, but that doesn't even, I don't even think that counts have or they matters. Ever been good at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, obviously 2001, but other than that. Right, what right? It's been it's been a while, uh, and they're a fun team. They're a fun franchise. I like rooting for the teams that kind of just make it in on the fringes. Um, I think I'm I'm equally I'm equally rooting for the Yankees to um, not make it. Mm-hmm. I think like my affinity for the Mariners is probably the same as as my desire to watch a bit of an implosion. It's a delicious idea uh-huh. that the Mariners might come into Yankee Stadium <laughs> and eliminate the Yankees. <laughs> it's very tantalizing, very intriguing. Yeah. But more than anything, I am really interested to kind of see how the new playoff format plays out. The sort of, especially with regards to the third wild card spot and the sort of weird incentives that it draws for teams to go for the last wild card spot as opposed to the first wild card spot or vice versa because of how you will be matched up against certain teams heading into the into the playoffs. Right. 
Like, for example, on the NL side, if you got the last wildcard spot and you were able to win, win your wildcard round series, you would avoid the Dodgers yeah. until the National League Championship Series. Right, which is pretty pretty good. Yeah. I just, you know, they've been talking about that a lot in the Mets booth because their division race is the closest in baseball right now, the closest among good teams. All respect to the AL Central, I guess. And the Mets obviously have two generational starting pitchers in, in DeGrom and Scherzer. And so if they ended up in the wild card round, you would feel pretty good about that in a three-game series about having those two pitchers going in those first two games. You'd line it up. And they've been discussing the, the various strategies of how far should you push these guys in the regular season um, in order to try to lock up that first round by. And... I feel like we are, we're all maybe collectively underrating this first round series going three games. Mm-hmm. We've never had this in our lifetimes. Of course, we had the one game elimination for the, the actual wildcard entrant into the playoffs. But, but that was an entirely different thing. That was not two teams that really fully played a whole season and earned their way into the playoffs in the way that a division winner might be forced into a three game series in the first round. Like, it, I know we complained about it when it happened, and I know we said that this setup is going to take some some getting used to, but I recall having these same feelings in the 2020 shortened season playoffs, where at least it made more logical sense that the first round would be a three-game series because you only played 60 games, and so you had less time to sort out sort of who deserved the bye and who deserved to actually even make it into the playoffs when they had 16 teams in that playoff round. I don't know. I, I feel like some fan bases and some teams who get bounced in a, in a three-game series are going to have a decent case to feel wronged. And I, I don't know. I, I We're maybe putting the card in front of the horse here because we don't even know who's going to end up in that round. But I don't want to like have all these hand-wringy conversations like when playoff baseball is actually on because I want to be able to enjoy it and talk about the games and the exciting storylines that develop because, as we both said, we're excited, really excited for October this year. But as we start to like visualize the strategizing that's going on for where you're going to end up in this playoff bracket, it does feel a little bit unnatural that that first round is going to be three-game series. I feel like that's poor planning. Yeah, it again, it kind of creates these strange incentives for teams which have become not uncommon in in baseball where you are somewhat incentivized to think longer term about how well you actually would like your team to do. Yeah. You know, the the kind of thing that we maybe have tried to stamp out from the sport of disincentivizing winning. All that to say, I think that this time next year, we're not going to be talking about this. Like, I think the playoffs are going to happen and they might feel a little weird at first and a, a team's fan base might feel slightly maligned. And then and then things will go well and a good team will win the World Series and then yeah, we'll pro- just probably. watch baseball next year. Um, that's true. Although this time next year, we're going to be complaining about how the pitch clock <laughs> is creating a ball four situation because someone didn't deliver it in time. I mean, there's in the always, there's always going to be something in game seven of the DS where the team with the best record gets eliminated because they had an extra ball or something like that because they couldn't hear the pitch calm. And so then they didn't get the delivery off in time. That is definitely coming, by the way. I tweeted about this this morning, but you know, this Mets game that we're watching off to the side as we record this podcast right now, because it's a tight one. 
between the, the Mets and the Pirates, they're having all kinds of trouble with pitch comm in this game. No one can hear it. They've had to replace it three or four times on both sides. DeGrom just stopped using, stopped using it halfway through his start. Uh, there have been multiple step-offs. Like All of that stuff is going to be illegal in six months. You're not going to be able to step off to reset the pitch clock. So no matter what the reason for your step-off is, if it's because of pitch comm, there's no way to prove that you can actually hear it or can actually hear it. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out next year. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited, man. Oh, You're excited. It's, oh, this is going to be so much to complain about. And you like that. You like having more to complain about. It's why we get on here every week, isn't it? Yeah, but usually we don't complain about actual games. <laughs> no, you know? know, we're not uh, we're not those type of fans. No, but we do talk about the mechanics of the game, right? And right. and how well or not well it goes off. I mean, it wouldn't be the Major League Baseball postseason under Rob Manfred if there wasn't something to. Some extremely avoidable controversy, right? Exactly. <laughs> if we weren't weren't having some more some moral panic conversation, that's exactly right. Um, speaking of moral panics, the MVP debate. Just kidding. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, let's take a quick break, <laughs> and when we come back, listener question. All right, Alex. Let's do listener questions. This this first question is a voicemail. Hey guys, it's Becca. If you had to redo the Triple Crown Award with any three statistics, what three would you choose? Uh, Becca later clarified in the Slack that she would like us to give a serious answer for this question, which is funny that she had to specify that, as well as a sicko answer. So anything of our choosing. (laughs) (laughs) It might be easier to start with the serious answer. What do you think for replacing the Triple Crown? I mean, I actually think that Two out of the three stats that compose the triple crown are fine. Yeah. I think batting average and home runs are actually a pretty decent indicator of how good of a year you had, especially when combined together. Um, what do you think about if you hit 58 home runs? Is that a good year? No. No? No, it's not. Right. Yeah. I've seen it before. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you know what you haven't seen before is a starting pitcher who hits. <laughs> I, wait, why is that? Is it because pitchers aren't really good hitters generally? Or? I would... <laughs> I think... You know, I never really no-sell you entirely. I should start doing that more. Yeah. Just radio silence to what you say. Yeah, exactly. We're, Just, not, we're not on the radio. We're not going to get fined by the FCC for dead air. No. I'll leave dead air in here. <laughs> Fuck it. You're pissing me off. I'll just, I'll just ghost you. <laughs> That's fine. We'll power through. Um... I mean, the first answer that came to my mind is stolen bases. Oh, uh, interesting. Um, because it rewards three really unique skills in the game, right? Yeah. Contact, power, and speed. So, like the th- basically, like the three hit tools. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, now, I think we'll probably never see another triple crown winner if that's the case. I don't remember the last time that the home run leader led in stolen bases as well it was probably trout but that's obviously just not the way baseball is played anymore the guys who hit the most home runs are usually not the ones who have a propensity for stealing dozens of bases but man it would be insane when someone actually wins that of the people who could do that i think it's acuna trout tatis although i don't think he could hit for that much average yeah is there anyone else i think 
Julio is a similar case to Tatis, where line. where yeah. he'll get the home runs and stolen bases. I think, and probably could get there with average, with a little more seasoning, maybe. Although I don't know how you lead the league in home runs while trying to hit for, I know. for average like yeah. that. Well, which is I mean, the original triple that crown? That is kind of what the triple crown is about, right? Right. Well, that's kind of what Aaron Judge is doing right now, except he's not pitching. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Mike Trout led the league in home runs and stolen bases, do you know what his team's record was? <laughs> Stop. 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 Okay. If I, uh, my serious answer is that I would replace the batting average with on base percentage. Mm -hmm. I would keep home runs. And I sort of love your idea of stolen bases. I'm trying to think if there's something better because we we already have like 40 40, right? And we have 30 30. And that is sort of rewarding an all around thing in a way that I think the triple crown is designed to reward just the best all around hitter. And I don't think stealing bases has much to do with that. Like, I think the best hitter in baseball should be able to win the Triple Crown every year. Like, should have a shot at it. And I think the best hitter in baseball right now is the best, the two best hitters in baseball right now are Aaron Judge and probably Juan Soto in terms of just pure hitters. Um, and I don't think either of those guys would ever have a shot at stealing enough bases to win that award. So it, you're right. It would just eliminate the Triple Crown as a thing and slightly shift the perspective on what what that award is or what that accomplishment is because it's not really a, an award like right. you don't get the here's the triple crown award at the end of the year <laughs> i don't know man converted runners on third with less than less than two outs is this is this your sicko answer or your real answer That's my real answer <laughs> give jeff mcneil the triple crown motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> yeah the rbis is the hardest one to replace because it's the one that already sucks mm-hmm and if there was an obvious candidate for replacing it, more people would just talk about that. Right. Name some stats, dude. Name some other stats. Well, it's... Highest average exit velocity. <laughs> Braves fans would be so into that. <laughs> I mean, so this is an interesting question because it's asking what are the stats that are the simplest distillation of a player's talent, right? Like, if you had to evaluate a player based on three stats alone, what would those stats be? And I'm inclined to lean towards results-based stats, you know? Like, like for awards that are awards or, or achievements that are based on how well you performed in the year, I'm less interested, right, in, like, exit velocity or your FIP or whatever it is, which says this is how good you should have been yeah. this year. The tricky part is finding something that is not inherently already influenced by the first two categories. Right. So like, you know, like the, the saber metric triple crown, so to speak, which I think is what you and I are trying to reach out a little bit, if not exactly land on, would involve things more like on-base percentage, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, or OPS, I guess. And probably some combination of either WRC plus or war, basically. Right. But to me... WRC Plus is already answering this question that we're trying to ask, which is who is the best overall offensive player? So, I guess leading WRC Plus is interesting enough in and of itself that putting it into one of these categories, it feels like a little bit unbalanced. It feels like the the other two categories are already being factored so much into WRC Plus that it's like not that interesting to lead in those three categories necessarily. Right. I mean, that's kind of the interesting about the triple crown, the way it exists now is like the statistics are 
somewhat distinct from each other. Yeah. I mean, obviously, home runs feed into RBI and and batting average. and a little bit into batting average as well. Famously, a home run does counts count as, as a hit. hit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't tell that to Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could. The tricky part is like war is the thing that we're missing in this conversation, but like no one talks about just offensive war. Right. You talk about a player, you talk about their war overall. But to factor in defensive war is not what we're talking about here. It's not what the Triple Crown is trying to answer. This is, I mean, this is part of why the Triple, triple Crown has so much staying power. And it's why people tip their cap to Triple Crown winners, even though it doesn't necessarily mean that you're the best offensive player that year, as it didn't when Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera were having that very famous MVP race in 2012. Right. Do you think that, with the caveat that it would take some explaining to do to fans, and maybe even to myself, as to what it is, what do you think about including like win probability added? Mm -hmm. So it's like a situational stat that takes into account the various factors of the environment that you're in, right? Right. And says, this is how much you benefited your team in that moment, right? So it's a little like RBI, in that it is a more holistic representation of like how you impacted your team, but it right. actually is a little bit more descriptive than RBI, which is just kind of luck. I like it. It's it's threading the needle between what you were talking about, which is expected outcome, and what actually happened, which which I think RBI skews too much that way. Right. You had an RBI, but what did that mean? Mm-hmm. Did you have a poke single to the right side in a 10-run game? Did you come up with infinitely more opportunities to make an impact? Like, I think RBI, the problem that people have with it is that it's so situational. It's It has almost nothing to do with the person who's up, up to bat. And that's not to say that it cannot be descriptive about how well a person hit all year. If you if you have 120 RBIs, that means you got a lot of hits, you know? <laughs> like that's at least 120 hits more or less. Um unless you're just hitting a bunch of multiple run home runs, which is also a good thing. Right. But I think win probability added is a much more even playing field. Like you have the opportunity to add win probability basically every time yeah. you go up to bat. And I think that's good. I think that's pretty good. So we would say what? OBP, home runs. Keep home runs in there because yeah. they're, they're cool. Because they're cool. And I like a WPA. stat that I can actually like see. <laughs> <laughs> and WPA. I like it. Get stat that's pretty good. Yeah. We nailed it. Okay, so that's the real answer. Make us the presidents of Sabre. What's the sicko one? I want outfield assists. Outfield assists. For the offensive triple crown? <laughs> outfield assists avoided. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Outfield assist that you forced the other team to fail <laughs> to convert. Uh, obviously, one of them is hit by pitches. Okay, obviously. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Uh-huh. What about like pitches seen? You know, just like ability to work the count. Right. It's like one of those like real baseball players numbers. Right. It's like this guy just goes up and he has like a, like a I got professional. One, I got one better for you. Okay. Pitches fouled off. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't want to reward people just for taking wild pitches. I want to reward people for staying in it. Wow. This is particip- participation trophy culture. Well, I just want Luis Guillorme to win something. So you want him to win? He can't even get a hit. He just, he can't even hit the ball fair. He's batting 290. <laughs> All right. He's batting 290. Take it down a notch. 
Ted Williams famously said, you fail seven times out of ten, you're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay, wait. With fouled off Hit is also pitches. really funny because they're mostly strikes, like right. most of the time. Yeah. Hit by pitches, foul tips. Foul tips? Like strikes? F- foul pitches. Oh, foul foul okay. pitches. Not, not foul <laughs> tips back into the club. I was like, all right. <laughs> what else? What's the third one? I love converted third base with less than two outs. <laughs> But that only happens like 15 times a year for each batter. Right. So you're talking about like like runners in scoring position, like RBIs? Specifically on third with less than two outs. Is it like getting a like hit or bringing a, them in? Either. Any way, shape, or form. Okay. Sack fly, wild pitch, doesn't matter. Yeah, just what, what could you do with that? Yeah. Wild pitches seen? <laughs> well, we're not, we're not thinking big enough, I think. I don't think so either. I think so Becca either. wants us to answer... If I know Becca, which I feel like I do after all these calls and all these questions and all this Slack interaction, I think she wants us to think of stats that don't exist. Oh. Like sunflower seeds spit. That's my triple crown. Right. Um, radius of the uh, dip in your mouth. Mm. I mean, radius, I like it. Not circumference, uh, radius. Not sir- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're gonna have to get a real small measuring <laughs> tape. You really for are. The radius. Yeah, that's, the it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be a really close race. We need scientists. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a really close race. How about um, fans high fived? We're we're here to grow the game. <laughs> so these are these aren't even players anymore. These no, are, no, no, or, players or, who high five the most fans. Okay, you know, high five, meet, introduce, any of that. Yeah, most positive interactions. We'll call it MPI. <laughs> You like that one, don't is, you? Is that so? Is that like a kind of like a win probably probability added right, thing? Chemistry, dude. where like where Trying someone is it. kind of making a judgment and saying this added ten percent joy to this right. fan's experience. Yeah, I'm all about qualitative, mm-hmm. less quantitative. Right. So is it a cumulative yes. uh, stat over mm-hmm. the year? Yeah. Cool. And guess who's winning? Francisco Lindor. <laughs> That's actually everybody true. loves this man. He does. We all love yeah. him. Most tweets liked. I want someone online. <laughs> Unfortunately, Marcus Stroman wins that every year. <laughs> like most tweets of someone else's who they liked? Yeah, like to prove that you've really been doom scrolling. <laughs> so it could be, so we could have a lurker winning, someone who doesn't even tweet. Exactly. But it's just on there all the time. I would prefer to have a lurker winning. Mm-hmm. That's like the person who has the most WPA That's representation right there. <laughs> That's the person who has the most WPA who you'd never expect. Yeah, these are good. I, li- I like the direction we're going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, bats thrown into the stands. Maybe a little O'Neill Cruz action yeah, out dude, here. He threw two bats into the stands in one game. Yeah, that's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we get something in there that's like real tipping pitches core, like to, to represent like the most based player or something, you know, like most organizing calls made to the minor leagues, most uh, money donated to. Progressive politicians. I'll tell you one thing. That's easy to win. Yeah. Anyone can just win that overnight. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a high bar to clear. (laughs) Spencer Strider. Have we talked about this on the pod? I don't think we have. It's really challenging for me, personally. Mm -hmm. Because I want to hate him so bad. It's it's the first player in a long time that I felt really good about just fucking hating. And then I found out that he donates to Bernie. He's with it. (laughs) And I'm like... I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. I pride myself <laughs> as a man of faith. 
Castellanos takes one to you for a ball game. No, I pride myself as someone who's a good judge of who sucks mm-hmm. in baseball. Yeah, but and I think that I was I was my judgment was clouded. Right, my judgment was clouded. Right. I know accountability is important to you as well, which is I why think, I'm glad you're broaching this subject. I think it is important to me. I think that he may be just like us. He may be a little shit posty. One like when, of us. One, <laughs> one of us. <laughs> Spencer, brother, if anyone wants to play this for you and you're listening to this right now, after the tensions between the Mets and Braves have sort of simmered after the season is over, you want to come on? You want to talk about Bernie? You want to talk about feeling the burn? You want to talk about unionizing and minors? You want to talk about whatever? Cinema? Whoever's running in 2024? God. <laughs> Actually, no. Sorry. <laughs> no, I can't don't want to do that. that. Uh, open invite. Open invite. Okay, so our sicko triple crown. Way back. What is the answer? We have to settle on three things. I think it's MPI, most positive interactions. Okay. So now you pick another one, and then we'll collectively pick the third. How about butt slapped? Butts slapped. Yeah. Good one. Mm-hmm. Is that too similar to most positive interactions? Well, but they are interacting on a different level, right? Unless like physical, I, had, I had thought... An intimate well, level. Well, I had thought you were saying most positive interactions with fans so there's a right. fan kind no of related, related fans, set please. You're, yeah i please yeah. i don't hope that's not going on so there's a fan element and there's there's like a teammate element as well good okay so does the third one have to be vibes related to we're vibes guys here right <laughs> um <laughs> radius of the dip <laughs> so funny <laughs> i like most time playing Spotify in the clubhouse. Mm. Mm. Like a good vibes curator. Yes. Highest approval, highest playlist approval rating. <laughs> it's over. It's a wrap. That's it. We did That's it. it. Those are the three. Congratulations to us for coming up with a great answer to that question. And congratulations <laughs> to Becca for asking it. <laughs> so we're going to get started on uh, running those numbers. It's going to take a little while because we will have to rewatch got, every single baseball game. We got a lot of data people. But we do have a lot of data community. people. Yes. It's not just us. It's a group effort. I cannot. I, it's not I, me. It's we, brother. I, I refuse to believe that we're the first person to think about this. So <laughs> the numbers are out there. All right. Next question. Okay. <laughs> next question comes from Nick. It's a pretty similar question, honestly. Nick says, today Rawlings announced that they would be, be awarding a gold glove specifically for utility players. If you could create a brand new award for MLB players, what would it be? Nick, I feel like we answered your question already. I think so. Um, thank you for asking. To the extent that your question might have inspired Becca's question, sorry that she uh, stole the show. <laughs> <laughs> she called a voicemail. We're just much more likely to answer voicemails. It's more fun <laughs> to play them on the pod. Nick, love you. You're the best. Uh, next question from Austin, friend of the pod. Austin says, is there any piece of baseball merch more useless than a foam finger? No. <laughs> Austin, stop writing questions that you know the answer to. <laughs> but it's an interesting question. What are the most useful and useless pieces of baseball merch? Well, useful, I think, is pretty easy. Right? Just a glove. It's just like the... The ball. The, the, yeah, I mean, or a shirt. It's like, that's high use value with, with that one. So you're talking about like in your day-to-day life? Yeah, or just broadly speaking, or to a baseball game. I mean, generally, like a hat, for example. Mm-hmm. Great use value that you can wear it to the game, you can wear it not to the game, right. and everywhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> and it's there for it's there for you when you need it, which it is. is I think an important element of this, right? So yeah, like I was, when I had when I 
haven't showered yet and I need to run out to the bodega. I need that hat. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't need is a fucking foam, a figure. foam finger. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty. Like you're not using it around the house. Low use value. Like uh, signs. You know, like all those like man cave style signs that they sell yeah, at ballparks. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of pictures of you in front of those, just from various games <laughs> that we've gone to. <laughs> you know, like yeah. real men wear blue and orange. <laughs> um, I I think uh, pennants are pretty useless. <laughs> That's just why I've never really gotten the appeal. I'm What's like, the oh, fucking deal with like millennial aesthetic? You know, and pennants. Is that a millennial aesthetic? I, I feel like it is. You know, like I feel like brands love to put up pennants. Right. You know, like yo, you walk into like a pop-up shop and they're like, they have the logo of the brand on a pennant hanging up. And you're like, what is, yeah, what what is, is this? Going? What are you Fly doing? The flag, I guess. Like, what is happening? <laughs> you know, I have pennants all over my childhood bedroom because when, when I would play on sports teams and you could buy the pictures from picture day, one of them is like a pennant with the team photo and then your photo next to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cute. But in terms of like Major League Baseball pennants, there's only one pennant. Except for that time that those Boston guys stole the pennant. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to make a new pennant. But the original guys who stole it were trying to sell it back to the team. Oh, man. We just don't get news like that anymore. We literally don't. And you know what? If we did, we wouldn't have had to spend the first 30 minutes of this pod fucking talking about the playoffs. Forcing yeah. ourselves to talk about the playoffs, mm-hmm. which we didn't want to do. So is... So is are we just in agreement with Austin on this? Are there other things that feel somewhat useless to you? Um, Swarovski crystal ball <laughs> with the team logo on it. I don't know what you're talking about. It feels. That's, I stare at mine every single day. <laughs> no, well, you sleep with it. Right. Holding it. Yeah. But it's wrapped in foam so it doesn't break. <laughs> I've seen this with my own eyes. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I feel like we have to peruse the, the MLB website. If we want to really think of the answer to that. Yeah. I mean, there's, they sell a lot of like, you know, home goods and like office supply stuff. That sounds pretty useful to me. Like, it depends on what you're asking. Like, is it useful that it's made by the team or is it just useful in life? (laughs) Cause the foam finger is neither. Right. Okay. That's true. (laughs) Yes. There are, there are things on here who maybe I wouldn't go to MLBshop.com to purchase. But where in my day to day life I might I might employ the use of right like right now I'm looking mlbshop.com mm-hmm. backslash Mets for thirty one dollars and forty nine cents only to, till midnight tonight though Alex so oh, if you're listening to this pod shit. right now you fucking missed out till midnight you can buy a New York Mets blue sofa protector whoa see that's useful how how much is it thirty one dollars and forty nine cents that's easy. Should we buy it for this couch that you're sitting on right now? Yeah. For the should. studio? Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about studio decor recently. Yeah. As we acquire various bobbleheads of New York Mets announcers. <laughs> but that's, it's useless that the team makes it, but it's useful but in life. Some person will find use in that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the lawn and outdoors section now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you finding anything good? <laughs> this, Just we, a lot of signs. Some garden gnomes. I think that's useful. I think that's useful too. New York Mets Spirit Series three piece barbecue set. They're useful. doing a lot of they're doing a lot of sets on here. They have like a like a tailgate set and like Ooh, an essential fan set. I got one. Okay. There's a New York Mets tiki totem. Fifty two dollars and forty nine cents. 
Not only is it insensitive, it's useless. Wow. That wait, what is it's what boring, is on there? It's more. Hmm. Let me, let me describe it to you. Okay. It appears to be Mr. Med on top. Uh huh. It appears to be an angry looking baseball player <laughs> with his face made out of wood. Mm-hmm. And then there's a block that just has the Mets logo. <laughs> and on the very bottom, it appears to be sort of like a Mr. Met Jack Skeletor crossover kind of vibe. I really wish I was in the planning meeting for this. Do you? Kind of. Yeah. This, yeah. You could get this for 20. You could get the sofa protector for $20 less than this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. You can also on the official MLB shop. I mean, this is, you know, the pod's in a good place when we're just reading out different items on the MLB shop. Right. You can spend $4,639.99. I love your energy of sorting by most expensive. Yeah, I'm I always curious. Yeah. So no Swarovski crystal baseball. They under, got rid of it. Unfortunately, they got well, rid of it. I think it's sold out. No, right. we bought them all. Yeah. They're all lined up behind you as you speak. But you can get a 14K gold money clip with your team's logo engraved on it. The money clip cost $4,000? Uh-huh. Well, it's, did you hear me say that it's 14 Carat, but like, I feel like you could get a nicer money clip for not four thousand dollars. But well, you can get a Yankees ten carat one for three thousand. Oh, wait. So uh, the Yankees one is cheaper. There are two. There are two. Mm. They made they gave a couple options okay. in case the again in case the forty six hundred one was too high for you. They made one for the <laughs> the layman. I have I have one for you. Uh huh. This is no longer about use. This is just about. Discovery. <laughs> okay. okay. I have discovered a New York Mets Stars and Stripes. We've just wow. We've just shit all over the United States flag. Amazing. It's just a Mets uh, logo and their stars and those thin stripes. Blue and orange are line. Blue and, orange. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? I bet that all of the people who have glared at you over the years uh-huh. for sitting during the national anthem. They wouldn't even bat a fucking eye at this. Oh, no. They'd say that's patriotism go, right there. They don't go comment on this. It's almost gone, Alex. It's almost <laughs> gone because everybody's buying it. Mm-hmm. Shameful. We live in a shameful country. We really do. All right. Next question. Next question is also about merch. It's almost like I planned it this way. This comes from Josie in the Slack. Josie says, I don't even know what the question is here, but Ben just sent me a picture of Jared Kushner in a dumb, expensive Mets hat. And now I want to know who the most evil person you've ever seen wearing a piece of your team's merch is. Uh, the owner of Steve the A's. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, my That's... first thought. <laughs> I don't even have another answer. I, I mean, it helps that Jared Kushner was wearing a Mets hat, so that's also right. Like, so that's built kind of right the answer. Yeah. yeah, Jared Kushner doing his his PR recovery tour by wearing an Amy Leon Dior Mets hat. <laughs> you think he talks about the Mets in his new book at all? He has a book out. Yeah. Oh my God, we're gonna have to do that for the Tipping Pitches Book Club. That's oh shit! You're right. Talk about Patreon content. Uh huh. I hear it's really good too. Who do you think his favorite Mets player is? Brandon Nimmo. So like Kushner is not that kind of conservative. Kushner doesn't like people from Wyoming. He's a fucking New York real estate baron. Well, yeah, heir to a New York real estate baron. He hasn't actually done anything. (laughs) But like, who do you think it would be otherwise? Are there's no like white collar? conservatives on the Mets are there Max Scherzer no <laughs> just kidding Bruh. just kidding Bruh. Jacob DeGrom <laughs> I think he and DeGrom would probably have a fine conversation yeah I think they would honestly I think his favorite Met is Pete Alonso namely because he can only name about four Mets 
and because they both seem like incredibly corny white guys. Right. So regardless of politics, which honestly, I don't even think you need to set aside politics because I think Pete and him would, would do fine in a conversation about <laughs> politics. Um, I think that they would just see eye to eye. Just guys being dudes. Jared and Pete. <laughs> I'll give them that pod. I'll produce it. <laughs> I mean... That's going to be Tipping Pitches Thursdays going forward. Hosted by Jared Kushner and Pete Alonzo. <laughs> what a, I have no idea where their conversation would go. I think it might be good. I believe I have seen a photo of Barack Obama wearing an ace hat. So he's a fake White Sox fan? Yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, no, he is a real, he is Maybe a real he White Sox fan. Maybe he just knew but- years ago that the White Sox were going to hire Tony La Russa again. You know? <laughs> he put that plan into motion by wearing an ace hat. <laughs> so you, you're power ranking Obama above John Fisher. I mean, just by sheer volume, he's I had mean, more opportunity. Yeah, I mean, if we're going by body count, you know? <laughs> Just saying. Next question. Next question, everybody. Thank you for asking. Josie comes from Francesca, whom I have to thank on the pod because Francesca sent me a Los Angeles Dodgers hat from Italian Heritage Night that has the Italian flag on the side, underneath the bill, and on the back, in script writing, it says Italia. It's the most beautiful piece of clothing that I own. So thank you to Francesca. Francesca's question is, how upset would you be if the Cardinals won the World Series this year, but they only did it because Albert Pujols was impossible to get out, somehow starts mashing against righties the way he's been killing lefties, wins NLCS MVP, wins World Series MVP, and completely carries the team. So I guess on like a scale of 1 to 100, Cardinals win the World Series, but it's all because of Albert. Where are you at? I, as the Adam Wainwright of podcasters, I'm in on it. <laughs> I thought we were both Adam Wainwright. Well, yeah. Or is we one of us thought, Adam and is one of us Yachty? I thought you were going to say it's one of us Adam and is one of us Wainwright. <laughs> that's going <laughs> to take the cake for worst joke you've ever made, dude. Uh, neither of us are Yachty. No. No, we're both soft as shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, not. no gold gloves in this room. <laughs> but it's not about gold gloves, dude. It's about most positive interactions that's right that's right we're we're getting those positive interactions up i just want to say we were at a we were at a mets game last night and ran into a couple tipping pitches listeners um and it was a it's always a joy to talk to folks right so you know we're we're putting in that work too we are don't rule us out um just like adam wainwright we thought that the union should have just kept the last uba too. Yes. famously we're exactly <laughs> right, like famously, adam wainwright yeah. um one to 100 how mad albert pujols gets his right off into the sunset just like when he left the Cardinals in 2011, he goes out on top. I'm kind of not mad about that, like at all. I like. I'm. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the last episode of Tipping Pitches. This has been a lot of fun to do. <laughs> I have a Cardinals apologist in the room with me, and I can no longer podcast. I guess these days, I just don't find them like to be any more pernicious of an organization than like. A dozen other teams. I know. You know, they've been lapped. Like they kind of have been lapped. Yeah. They gotta. They need to pick up the slack a little bit. Right. They've been passed by all of the obscene tanking teams. Mm-hmm. They've been passed by the Astros. Yeah. Passed by the Braves for sure. Mm-hmm. Honestly, passed by the Yankees because I can't stand Hal. Right. Like at least when it was George, it was like, yeah, you were actually spending and winning. Yeah. <laughs> now you're just not spending and not winning. So like, I think I'm good with this. But again. 
I want it to be because Albert Pujols, right? But that's the question. Is is the guy? Obviously, right? if he like gets hurt and you have to watch fucking Nolan Arenado not be able to go to Toronto or something, <laughs> that kind of sucks. Right. But Put Albert at third, maybe. I'm like um Albert at third. Wow. You know he has a couple games there mm-hmm. in his career. Yeah. Didn't look pretty. No. So like, okay, if the Cardinals win the World Series, I'm at a hundred in a normal year. If it's all because of Albert, all because of Albert, and everybody just bends the knee and acknowledges what a wonderful career and what a wonderful, lasting, everlasting impact he's had on the game, I'd say I'm like a 98. (laughs) What? I hate the Cardinals, dude. I don't think you understand how much trauma (laughs) in my baseball life is because of the Cardinals. It's not just that they beat the Mets in the 2006 NLCS Game Mm 7 at Shea. It's not just that. But it's everything that happened to the Mets after that. I blame them for it. It's their fault. Oh. So, yeah, no. I'm never going to be under a 95 if the Cardinals win anything important. I hate them. Would And would I weirdly you, like a lot of players on that team now. Yeah, I know. Would your answer change at all if the Mets were out of contention this year? Or no, you still yeah, wouldn't be able to stomach it. They're not best record in the NL. Let's go Mets. It's all about the Mets. Uh, would my answer change if the Mets were out of it? Yeah, I'd probably go down a little bit. Okay. Down down to like the barrel, which was bottom of the barrel, which is like 95. Okay, all right. You're telling me that you want to watch all those Cardinals fans get rewarded again? Again? A freaking again? Come on. Look, I don't, but what are our options? Our options are watching Yankees fans get rewarded. And all the QAnon people are going to be like, this is because Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado <laughs> didn't take the vaccine. This is why they won. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready for that. <laughs> I, I, I welcome it. Yes. Yes. I have to say, though, they're not the team that I would want to win least. Who, who is that? Braves, by far. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back Braves World Series. That would, that really, would be hard, really hard to stomach. Just such a punch in the gut, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think it goes Braves, Yankees, Cardinals. No, you know, because I rooted for the Yankees in the 2009 World Series, so I have to put the Phillies above them. So maybe it goes Braves... Phillies, Cardinals, Yankees. So uh, core four right but, there. <laughs> but but you would be at like a ninety five at at best if the or you would be at like a ninety five at worst yeah. if the Cardinals won. So does that mean you will just be at like a one hundred if like a third of the teams in the playoffs win? Please do not underrate my capacity for rage. I Alex. oh I would never. <laughs> I've seen it firsthand. You didn't live in the same city as me last year. Right. During the World Series. Right. I was like real, like seethe, you know, like, like when people are trolling online and they're like, seethe, that was actually, yeah, me. that I was, you were coping I was full, I was hard coping. I was like, I was rooting for the Dodgers like I was Bernie Sanders in 1940, you know, <laughs> like I was going hard. Yeah. I was going to bars. I was hanging out with Dodgers fans. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, let's get after it. Lifelong Dodgers fan right here. <laughs> That's a real tough beat. So, yes, Braves are 100. Same with the Phillies. Phillies are 100. 99. They're 99. Cardinals are 98. Right. Yankees like 95. You don't, you're, not, you're not as much of a team hater as me. No, not in recent years. You don't I get got, like furious about the stuff that like, you're not directly related to. Yeah, I just don't have the capacity for it anymore, <laughs> man. <laughs> So were you like hot when the Astros won in twenty seventeen? Nah. No. No? <laughs> no. That was a fun World Series, just man. Could, just could not be me. It just could not be me. I mean, the Astros are not really like a, 
arrival of the A's. They just came to the AL within the last 15 years. Right. Like, I mean, they're... They're not... They haven't been really good at the same time. No, although that kind of mid-2010s run uh, right. is kind of when the Astros really start to come into their own, right? So there, there is sort a period of, they, of time... They, like, and, prevented the A's from winning the division. Like, right, years, exactly. Yeah. And, and, like, Verlander killed the A's when he was on the Tigers and then he killed the A's when he was on the Astros. So like, yeah, there's that's like, not personal. He kills everyone. I know he does kill everyone. <laughs> but when he's like single-handedly eliminating us from the playoffs like three years in a row, that like, one, you take that one to heart a little bit. That guy's bit. 41 with a sub two. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's just stupid. Could not be me. Cooked at 26. <laughs> yeah. Can't even do a pod anymore. <laughs> Could not be us. <laughs> so who's like your number one? Who's enemy number one? Is it the Yankees? Like in the playoffs or just broadly in the playoffs i suppose broadly too i think it's probably the yankees or the braves braves are pretty bad i mean a brave like as far as just they're despicable watching an actual game featuring them like at their ballpark yeah it's hard it's really hard yankees i just think i mean again god willing i won't have to not root for them in the playoffs because <laughs> they won't be there the yankees are not missing the playoffs <laughs> dude Unless you know about some change to the playoff format again. Yeah, dude. In which case, we got to go back and re-record the They're first 30 minutes of the spot. the third one. <laughs> uh, okay. That does it for another episode of Tipping Pitches. Thank you to everybody for listening. Um, once again, live watch along on Playback, Tuesday, September 20th, 6.45 p.m. Eastern. Please come join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. The link will be sent out if you're a patron. And it might be tweeted out if you're not. Who knows? We'll see. Just check our check our socials around that time. Thank you to the five members of our Alex Rodriguez VIP club tier on the Patreon. That is our top tier. It's $12 a month. There are so, so many of you. And we are so, so grateful that we shout out five of you at the end of every episode. Those five members this week are Justine, Neil, Kyle, Tony, and Lisa. Only 20% of those birthed you. Uh, <laughs> it's good. And only 20% of those people are a friend of ours who hosts a great podcast called Big Screen Sports, where we just talked about High Flying Bird just last week. So if you're interested in film, if you're interested in labor, go check out Big Screen Sports. Check out our episode with Kyle Banduho. Anything else to leave the people with, Alex? It, I mean, is now where we talk about Cabrian Hayes and his Sunflower debacle at third base against the Mets the other day? I didn't tell you this, but I, I actually did a 90-minute solo pod that I put on the feed already. I know you oh, don't listen, fuck. so okay. I just I already right. got all I'll my go back, out. I'll go back and listen and just kind of talk out loud as you do it. That'd be a really roundabout way to do a pod. <laughs> <laughs> Please do talk out loud when you listen to this podcast. Yeah. It's the, it's the right way to be consumed. There it's have, the way that we want you to consume the pod. There is a non-zero amount of people who have said they sometimes involuntarily just kind of say their responses to our conversation <laughs> while they're listening. Those are our friends, man. They Those are. are our friends. They friends are. of the pod. Um, no, now's the time where we talk about Taylor Swift's album that doesn't exist yet. Oh. Just another... Theories. What are the theories? 30 second takes at a time. <laughs> it's it's going to be 13 songs. I have a question. How are we programming around that? Because, like, you know, not everybody listening to this pod cares about Taylor Swift. Right. But enough people listening to this pod care enough it's not like we can't talk about it. Right. And we want to talk about it. I mean, is it going to be a Patreon-exclusive discussion? I think Taylor Swift's for the people, man. I think it should be free. She is for the people. <laughs> Just like her concerts are so affordable and easy to get to. <laughs> 
I don't, or maybe, maybe we do like a, like a live listen, you know, like mm. a debut kind of listening party. Well, we'll need to do that for Taylor Swift's album because we want to iron out the kinks for what our, our actual important live listen along is, which is the set, the CD that you purchased of Cowboy Joe West's album. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like it. Live listen along. Okay. Taylor, we're, Taylor we're working on the production calendar, but rest assured there's a lot of just music analysis coming. <laughs> That's truer and truer by the day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tipping Pitches. We will be back next week. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping Pitches. Tipping Pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping Pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya!